Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Each week we discuss life's hard financial questions in three sections. Retirement update is the first part. Tactical asset management is the second part. And we follow it up with news you can use. Now this week in retirement update, we're gonna be talking about something that is happening a lot. And it has a lot to do because uh, the impact of all the retirees. We've had a bunch of people that have retired earlier than mm -hmm. what was first forecast because of COVID. Yeah, I think this is a great topic. The world is changing. I mean, yeah. frankly, um, you know, part of it is uh, COVID changed some stuff. Part of it is, um, you know, people are able to work longer because of just longevity. And part of it are, is businesses are, are shifting. And I think all these three together, we are just seeing a, um, a dynamic in, you know, the statistics when you look at it, but also our clients. We talk with people on a regular basis and they're, their, their retirement plans are, are moving a bit. You know, the idea yeah. that I'm going to hit 60 or 65 and I'm going to turn a, turn a lever and I'm done. Yeah, you know, how do you go from 100% to 0%? Right. It's just like, it, it and that, is, that's what we've done. It's not a step down, it's a cliff. Yeah, and that's what we've done for years, right? right. On, on uh, Friday, you were 100% and then the next Monday, you're zero. Um, and that, you know, I think we see that with people uh, psychologically, of the impact of that, of people struggling to find their new, their next adventure, their, their right. new worth. And also is the idea that we're living longer. You know, we have significantly um, pushed out the life expectancy over time. And so with that, you know, there's been shifts in the sense of people being willing and interested to work longer. I think especially because of COVID, especially because of COVID, people would say, I don't want to do the full-time work. I could retire, but I'm also not quite ready to retire either financially or personally. I mean, psychologically, I mean, it's, it's such a great advantage. And when I talk to people and we talk about the extended time that I'm with that, that I encourage them. I know you mm -hmm. do too, to work a little bit longer. And, and, you know, it, it is, it is truly a mental block to work beyond a certain date, whatever mm. that date is in the individual's head. And so when you kind of extend it, it, it becomes kind of a mental pushup. It's mm -hmm. like, ah, I don't want to, I don't know mm -hmm. if I want to do that. Mm -hmm. But from, for a lot of people we talk to a phased out retirement is much better than an abrupt retirement. Yep. And, and the phased, I, I don't know that this existed um on a regular or i guess it wasn't very Not popular much, for sure yeah. yeah and so to say you know what is a, a phased or a stepped retirement um you know it's it's becoming a thing to some extent there's a recent study that said 23 percent of u.s companies allow some sort of a phased retirement i mean those are talking about larger companies of right. course but to say someone who reaches say 65 to move from a full-time you know running the department role to say okay i'm going to take a a 20 hour a week role. And I'm going to help mentor this new person who's going to take over my role in three years or so. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's all sorts of, you know, I'm sure pitfalls, right? I don't want to give up the control. I don't want to just take a step down. I want to keep making what I'm making a new um, kind of business manager coming up saying, I want to take control. I want to be fully there. But to say there, there's some room, I think, for these hybrid type um, discussions. I mean, example being, we've had a number of clients in COVID, uh, one specifically who used to travel a lot. 
And because of COVID, he could no longer travel to go see his clients. And it was all remote working from home. And he realized he was able to spend more time with his wife, who's already retired. Um, he was able to meet all of the, the meetings and job functions without having to get on planes, without having to travel. And what was going to be, I'll retire next year, turned into, I might do this for five yeah, more I mean, years. It just extends the, the work life. And I think, I think for a lot of us, I mean, again, for those of us that, I mean, if you're listening to us and you are a small business owner, mm. that's probably the most critical thing that we can talk to you about. And that is how do you transition your business? Yeah. You know, do you, do you sell it? Um, do you collaborate with another business? Do you merge with another business? Do you work with an employee owned kind of structure? Yeah. And we find that a lot of, a lot of business owners that we talk to, I mean, Jeremiah, they're just not prepared for yeah. this at all. Right. And part of it's not for the lack of trying for some of them. It's for the lack of not seeing a solution. But right. I say the majority of them, it's in the back of their mind. You know, someday I got to figure this out. And you know, whether there's an, an emergency, you know, some sort of catastrophe, or just they realize that they were supposed to figure it out 10 years ago and they hadn't, you know, this stuff, business succession planning, isn't an overnight um, choice. You make a choice and it happens. Yeah. Planning. You got to, first of all, you got to develop a plan and strategy, and then you got to find the person, you got to yeah. find the people that you're going to talk to about this. Right. And it, it depends a lot on how you structure your own retirement. A lot of people who are business owners, their largest asset, their largest ability to generate revenue is their business. Right. And so just to, to set that aside, to, to let that go is difficult. Um, and finding a way to still benefit from that uh, revenue producing engine and stretch it over time. I mean, it's a huge benefit when people can do it. I mean, I, I think it's somewhat tragic when folks, you know, have a business, it's run well, and they, they save up enough for retirement and then they have no options, they feel. And so they just close it down, Yeah. which, you know, all the other people that they employ, all the value that's, that's there, Versus being able to find a transition, and and part of that has to do with themselves as well as their team. I mean, imagine you know some key workers exiting just because they don't want to work anymore. Whereas you could have had them move to a part time basis, and you keep that experience, that ability. Um, yeah, so I, I think as people look to retirement, it, it's shifting. One of the statistics was interesting of saying in the year twenty thirty, people who are sixty five and older will account for sixty percent of the labor force growth. Labor force growth. Now, that, that's an odd statistic, you know, to look at. Basically, they're saying in previous generations, like 2010, as they're looking back at, all the employee growth was 24 to 63. Yeah, the younger ages. Yeah, that, that's where you got your expansion was people entering the workforce. They were saying, they're, they're projecting that by 2035, instead of retiring, these people who are 65 plus will continue to keep working either because they want to or have to. And that will be 60% of the, the workforce expansion is people who basically just don't retire. And there's a lot of tools and books that have been written. And, and again, I would like to address the need primarily in the small business community and people that are listening to us and our clients. It's a constant conversation. And if you haven't had this conversation uh, with somebody who's a professional, yeah. this is probably a time that you, you need to do this. Right. And we would reach out to you and say, you know, establish a relationship with somebody that, first of all, understands your business understand your goals and what you're trying to accomplish and help you to come up with a plan and a strategy to step out of your business mm -hmm. or in some way, get it to the point where you can monetize it to somebody else. Yeah. Transition but, it. You're right. Um, but it, it's not easy. It's, it's something that takes time. It takes a lot of deliberate, you know, deliberation yeah. and thought. And as a business owner, you know, someone who's a business owner has control to do what they want to do. Someone who is a, an employee is dependent on right. the company, but, but both of them, you know, wouldn't it be great if they both had a, a solution there. And some of the, the things we talk about is, you know, getting better time off policies right. to where you don't come back to have a tidal wave. 
I mean, un, unpaid sabbaticals. I mean, I don't know, you know, how this works for everybody, but I could see some people who are mostly financial independent, you know, they have the plus 65, they've made their major savings and they say, you know what, I'd like to take a month off this summer and go and visit some kids or some grandkids and then I'll come back and I'll keep working under most employment models. That doesn't work, right? You right. can't just be gone for a month. However, if a, if a, a business were to cross train and kind of have that expectation that people who someone 65, maybe they, you know, take an unpaid sabbatical an unpaid leave and they just get, but they have that freedom to go and come back. And that, that could stop that brain drain for an owner. That could be something that, that if they build that into their, their business could allow them to keep going to say, yeah, I, I take a month off every summer. Right. I do the traveling that I want to do. I see the, the kids, I do all these things. And then I come back and I know that my business has continued on and that's not going to happen overnight. You know, right. for some people that might sound crazy, but, but to say, you have to build into that, you have to build that, that protection. And, and these are some of the things that we, when we sit down and talk with our clients, particularly those people that we're talking about in this section right here today is about business owners. And if you have not developed a plan on how you're going to transition, uh, it becomes a more difficult subject matter as time goes by. We would like to help you. Give us a call. Uh, phone number is 951-684-7011. Let's build a plan together. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. Um, a lot of planners, a lot of people are compartmentalized mm -hmm. in their thinking as how they see their finances. And so it's, it's kind of reduced down to what we call this bucket theory. In other words, how you structure your investments. And the question is, is are you setting up a bucket strategy? And is it better or worse mm -hmm. than other kinds of strategies? Yeah. And some of these bucket, there's a, there's a few of these bucket strategies, but part of it is just a, a way to think through your assets. So an example might be you would have um, you know, a, a bucket, a year or two, two years worth of cash in like a savings account or a money market account. So bucket one would be cash bucket. Yeah. Cash bucket. And then bucket two might be uh, maybe some bonds. You have, you know, some of your assets in, in a just bond pool of investments. And then your third bucket might be all equities, all stocks. Right. And people use these to kind of separate out, okay, you know, in a downward market, you wouldn't want to sell your your equities, so you'd use your bonds to live off of. In an up market, maybe your, your equities are better, so you, you sell those. Um, and so some of the things we were looking at is, is you know, do these make any difference does over it make time? A, does it make a financial gain? I mean, does one strategy have a better outcome than another strategy? Yeah, and one that we actually use a lot with our clients, we talk about, you know, bucket one just being your spending cash, you know, right. everyday checking account. Bucket two being your savings, which is emergency fund, 
for a retired client might be two years of cash, something. And then the third bucket being just a, an investment bucket. So whether it's you know, bonds or equities, you kind of build that, that mix. So the question being, does that allocation of your assets, chopping them up into thinking about discrete buckets, make a fundamental difference? And we had an article that we kind of read through, and they did a lot of studies on this. They found the difference between having, say, three buckets or just saying, all of my assets are invested in a prudent portfolio mix. Right. The outcomes were very similar. There, there wasn't a notable financial difference. However, the big difference was a psychological one right. of when people think about their assets, they tend to be too conservative. Uh, not always. You know, we have people that we have to you know, back, back them off the edge of the cliff, but they tend to be too conservative and wouldn't have their, their, their funds exposed to market risk to experience that market because reward. Because you've got, I mean, again, the money that's in the cash bucket, whatever percentage or whatever, how many years of, of spending you have in that bucket that money isn't going to grow. No. And it, it's going to earn virtually zero interest. Right. It's going to be, I mean, in inflationary periods, it may feel like it's right. negative. <laughs> and then in the, the second bucket is more conservative assets. You may have some growth, but at best you might be just kind of keeping even. Yep. And then in the third bucket, that's where your growth is, but it's also the most volatile. So if you go from one to two to three, number one is not volatile at all. Mm -hmm. Number two is slightly volatile. And number three is going to be more volatile because of the yeah. growth aspects. You can't get growth without volatility. You can't get the growth in that third bucket. And a lot of people, if they see it all at one, they have a tendency to become more unnerved mm. when the market turns down. Sure. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. It's a response to say, this is my nest egg. And I, and I see it eroding or I see it going negative or not growing as fast. But we found, you know, psychologically, there's a number of, of clients we have that are, because they have the cash, because they know, okay, I don't need to touch my investment account for two years. If everything goes horribly wrong, you know, and we have a really uh, steep recession, I know I can sit it out for two years using the cash I have before I'll need to reach the end. You know, recessions historically don't last two years. We don't have yeah. two years of downturn. You, yeah. you have a return. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you forget and you don't manage the the equity bucket, you know, the volatile bucket. But at the same point in time, you're not going to remove all volatility from that. But over time, if you allow it to continue to do what it's supposed to do, it will give you a better outcome in your life. And so I guess the the outcome or the, the conclusion here is that psychologically, it's okay to say, I want to see my safe money separated from mm. everything else. Mm -hmm. We're not opposed to that. I mean, some people are just, that's the way they're kind of put together. They're very compartmentalized in their thinking. And other people kind of see it all in one bucket. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's really no right or wrong, but it's what you feel is going to be best for you in the short term and the long run. Yeah. And the, I guess the big asterisk here that goes with this article and the things we're talking about is if, if you say, well, I feel better having it in these buckets. I want to put 90% of my assets in this safe bucket and 10% in this, this other risky bucket, or to say, I want to, I want to have a great diversified portfolio and make it extremely stable. You know, both of those, those options don't get you often where you need to be, right. you know, they don't have enough growth. And so the, the options that work the same you know, for this article is to say you either have a, a all your assets or the vast majority of them in a portfolio that makes sense for your age and your life and your needs, or you carve off some of them to be cash assets, and then you make a little bit more aggressive investment bucket. Right. And and both those come out similarly in the long run. However, what, what we don't want to do is to say just take everything out of the market. In order to get growth, you have to be in the market, and right. part of that is building a portfolio that really makes sense for you, for each, each person. I mean, I find with the, the market goes down, you know, say by 9%, we talked to a client and their portfolio went down 2%. 
and they're comfortable with that, to me, that's success. Right. They, whatever the market does, they can look at their personal portfolio and say, oh, I know that's all went down. I know I'm probably going to be down, but I'm okay with what, what this is. On the flip side, when it goes up, that they say, everyone else went up 9% and I only went up 2%. I'm okay with that because I know I'm, I'm stable. So that, to me, that's the right sizing of a portfolio for someone's you know, financial needs as well as their psychological ability to endure and, and to push through. Yeah, so don't feel like you are not doing the appropriate thing if you decide you want to have kind of separated assets to be spending. Again, it's, it's a psychological advantage. There's no right or wrong with it. Our job is to help you make sure you're not making mistakes that are going to hurt you down the mm -hmm. road and take away from your potential, your legacy. Um, so anyway, yeah. we'd like to talk to you more about that. If you if you want to talk to us about that, our phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. Um, we want to spend a little bit more time with you than what we normally do. Uh, talking about this. This is an article that Jeremiah and I have read, and um, it kind it kind of has a, I, I should say, current implications mm. of what's going on. And the title of the article is How the West Can Win a Global Power Struggle. And so often I hear from people, you know, China has the advantage. Uh, Asia has the advantage. These autocratic governments uh, have, are going to be taking over our, the system in time. Mm -hmm. And this article talks about probably not. And what mm -hmm. it does is it gives a really good perspective of the power of democracies, particularly the alignment of democracies. Mm -hmm. And this has probably never been more acute than what's happened right now when Russia went into Ukraine. I yeah. mean, what, what these countries, what the countries did and how they aligned together to um, to, to pull the sanctions, but also to bring in military hardware mm -hmm. in Ukraine to defend themselves. But it's an amazing outcome. Yeah. No, we're seeing a, a more united and more um, active, I would say, NATO than we've seen in years right. prior. I think they've been trying to not be as active. And even you know Germany taking a, a stance of almost towards pacifism and then realizing, okay, we need to not just have a military, but, but help our military contribute to the greater cause. Um, but kind of stepping away from just the military, what's happening in Ukraine, you know, th this article and the kind of what we've been talking about uh, is the larger geopolitical struggle of, you know, is China the inevitable force that will eventually overweigh America? Or are these autocratic, you know, kind of meaning, you know, China, North Korea, um, Russia, these places where it's a kind of a top-down control, are they going to um, out, outpace all the other economies? And they made the comment saying, you know, it's not about the, the actual wars. There, there will be, and there has been, there will continue to be. They refer to as the Cold War, so it's, yeah. it's an economic war. An economic war, right. And which, I mean, ideally, we don't see <laughs> this as war, right? We see everyone as united right. in the world. But the reality being, there is a struggle of ideology here. And, and one of the, the, the parts of this article that was just really interesting was talking about the world GDP that each country produces. 
they made a comment. This is very revealing. Yeah, that's kind of where we are and where we've been. Um, Everyone knows that, you know, China is growing and has been growing and probably will continue to grow. However, kind of where we're at is that China makes 18% of the world's GDP and the U.S. makes 24% of the world's GDP. And so, you know, as that, you know, China has been gaining on the U.S. over time, they're somewhat similar, but but the U.S. is a bit ahead. But the big difference was when you you combine that with, I guess they'd say the allies, you know, you combine China with Russia, you combine the U.S. with with Europe and, you know, kind of more democratic countries Japan and south korea and those economies taiwan is part of that yeah those economies that are um democratic and and, and free enterprise yeah. systems. so the u.s by itself was 24 when you say u.s with its allies um his kind of the the west in essence the western world it, it jumps to 59 percent of the world's gdp is is produced by that group and then if you look back at china they have 18 percent you add them with their kind of autocratic type allies, you know, Russia and others, it jumps them up to 20%. And so it, it's not a big jump for China. And there's a comment in the article jokingly of just saying, you know, when China looking at the US, they say, well, you have better allies. Right. You know, in the, in the EU, it really has a strong output that, you know, in and of itself, you know, doesn't compete with China in the same way, but it, it does add to the, the kind of the Western economic, like let's trade together, let's have free markets, let's have open markets, let's not, you know, control our output to the extent that others are. I was making a comment to you earlier that I remember as a child, I remember Khrushchev, um, the premier of Russia, going to the UN Mm. and taking his shoe off and beating it on the desk in the UN and announcing to the world that to the United States, he said, we're going to bury you. Mm. We're going to bury you. And that was about that time when they they put the Sputnik up into the the, uh, atmosphere and as well as the the Cuban Missile Crisis mm-hmm. and all of that, but at the end of the day, Russia—if you go a generation forward, Russia—the USSR was broken up and mm-hmm. it kind of imploded in their own weight. And will that happen with China? I don't know. But from what from what we can see historically, is that we don't have anything to fear from outside as much as we have to fear from inside. Yep. And it's what we allow to happen versus what will happen from what we're forced onto it. Right. And as we pursue kind of continued economic growth and development and research um, for us, as well as our NATO and other allies, I mean, I think it's a great you know, economic development for all. I mean, Europe has has shifted and, and been pulled up, I would say, since World War II right. because of the ties with America. So one of the, the comments is, is going forward, the talent draw, there's this sentiment that you know, China is producing more scientists and you know we're going to lose this race. And part of that, they are, right? But one of the talent draw comments was saying that, that of, just like it's say China's top um, artificial intelligence talent, you know, of those people, 34% of them are staying in China currently. Whereas fifty six percent of them are coming to the U.S. and working. And why here. is that happening? Because they have a better life here, right? Yeah, yeah and there's development. There, there's growth. There's companies. You know, we have Silicon Valley as well as a number of other resources in the United States. So as as much as you know, each country is doing its own thing. There's also this international trade for talent, I guess. Right. And the the U.S. is still leading that charge, not just currently in our economic size, but the future. We are having the best and brightest still flock to us. We're able to employ them, give them a quality of life, and they are contributing to our society. Yeah. So, I mean, again, what you look at Russia and China, I mean, they have, um, you know, they have advantage with what they call geology and, of course, China in their factory labor. But more importantly, um, their economic statecraft. In other words, they want to control everything all the way down. Whereas America, 
America and most of the other allies, it is a free, it's a private enterprise. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a system that allows for people to be inventive and to grow within that. And this article, and we'd love to send it out to you, please give us a call. The name of this article is How the West Can Win a Global Power Struggle. Struggle. It's a very encouraging article, and we'd like to get it into your hands. So anyway, give yep. us a call. Yeah, if you have a topic you want us to discuss on a future episode, send us an email using the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or give our office a call. It's 951-684-7011. Till next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm.